Hello, and welcome to the Modern Day Intuitive Podcast. I am Sarah Noble, a certified shamanic energy medicine practitioner, somatic embodiment coach, Akashic Record reader, spiritual mentor, and teacher of energy management and meditation. This podcast is born from my passion to help you reconnect with your heart and intuition. In each episode, you'll hear me channel guided spiritual information for a guest around a specific question or decision in their life. Afterwards, I break down the call so you can better understand how to connect with your own intuitive gifts, your spirit guides, and soul family. I will also give you practical exercises and tools that you can use to deepen your understanding of how to use this in your day-to-day life. Now, without further ado, let's get on to our caller. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Today's episode deals with relationships, something that I'm very passionate about. And so we look at relationships and your intuition and your inner child, the part of you that is running the show a lot of the time, to be honest. There's a statistic that says only about 3% of our actual daily thinking, actions, doing is conscious. 97% is like the iceberg underneath the water that is the unconscious. And so our journey here, I believe, as souls is to bring that into consciousness, to take all that old programming, patterning, tendencies that we have, the things that we do, uh, to bring those into the light and to really bring those into our conscious awareness so that we are more congruent, more in coherence, and therefore our whole life becomes that way. So we dive into inner child relationship, reparenting that inner child. We also look at money and just general relationship to everything that's in your life. And we also touch a little bit on rewiring the brain so that your neural pathways are wired and geared towards more positivity, more connection, more deep inner wisdom, and being able to hear your intuition. I also wanted to mention that I have a meditation on Insight Timer that helps you walk through the practice that I talked about with Melissa that I used to do when I was uh, at the stage in my journey of really cultivating a relationship with that younger part of myself. So I offer that to you. I'll put a link in the show notes and enjoy my call with Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the podcast. How can I help you today? Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So yeah, I would love to explore over the past couple of years, I've really been doing a lot of my own healing in partnerships, intimate relationships. And um, in that time, I've really begun to connect with this partner that I know is going to be arriving in my life at some point, Um, hopefully this year, but I don't know if it will be this year. Um, And so I would just love to get a better idea of what more if anything, do I need to do to prepare myself to really receive the type of relationship that I've always desired, but was never in a space to create for myself in the past? And just anything about uh, him or the relationship dynamic um, that we will engulf ourselves in? (laughs) 
I love it. Very juicy. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I see is a box. And I get the sense that regarding relationships, you have put yourself in a box. And it feels like it's a protective box. And yet the way you're presenting it, it's actually just made out of this really flimsy cardboard. So it's sort of an illusion. And I, so the sense is with the work that you've been doing. So this box started off like a steel box, like you were way locked inside it. And you've been doing all this work and it feels so beautiful in my body. And this mm. box is now just like this flimsy cardboard box that is so ready to just fall away and have you fully step out into the being that you are. It's like there's a little piece of you that's lagging, that's not quite ready to show yourself fully and be in this essence of you in relationship. Mm -hmm. And I get the sense also that this pattern plays out through most of the relationships in your life. This is not specific to just a romantic partner. So what comes up for you with that? I definitely resonate and receive that um, as a part of my truth, like the, the, the box, putting myself in a box, even with just how I show up in the world. Um, and I resonate with how like, yeah, it was once a very steel box and now it's like a little bit more flimsy. Um, in terms of all relationships, yeah, I could say there's a pretty broad spectrum across the board. Um, I can see that with family, like, you know, there's only so far that I can go with them. Um, in my friendships, I feel like I can definitely go deeper, yet there is still um, some like, you know, past kind of underlining trauma of like losing friendships um, because of who I am and what I believe in. Um, so yeah, I, I resonate um, with all of that there. Yeah, let's look at what you can do to get out of the box, to really let your light shine. And I see you, you kind of going between these two images there's the grown-up you, and then there's the, the child in you. And your child is curled up and you have on this nightdress and you have a little teddy bear and you're snuggling it and you're, but you're, you're scared, like you're hiding. And the grown-up you is there coaxing this younger version of you. So what, what is your relationship with your little girl inside you and how, how do you relate to her? Yeah, so I've definitely done some reconnecting with her over the last year or so. Um, I've begun to recognize her as a part of who I am as an adult as well and like nurturing and loving her and allowing her a seat at the table yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness there a lot of fear there uh from when i was younger um 
And I would definitely love to deepen in my relationship and my connection with my younger self. Uh, it's been very impactful, the work that I have begun to do. And I fully acknowledge, like, it's just, I've literally just started to dabble in it because there's just, there just hasn't been much of a relationship with, with my younger self. Now, me being an adult, there hasn't been much. Yeah, I can see that playing out in the image of this relationship with her. And I also get the sense that if you decide to deepen this relationship with her, there can be almost this quantum type of exponential healing for you with her. Mm -hmm. She's so wanting your love that the moment that you give it to her fully, deeply, unconditionally, she's just like going to, like she's showing me herself blossoming into flowers mm -hmm. and that she just really, really wants your love to the point where that's all it's going to take to heal her. Like it's not this long drawn out type of experience where you've got to dig deep and go into all these layers. And it's almost like poof, like she just blooms mm. once mm. you can give her that. Mm. And I also get the sense that there's a connection. Like I know you have a daughter. And so there's a connection between mm -hmm. how you love your daughter and how you love your younger self. And mm -hmm. using the love for your daughter as a template to love yourself. Yeah. So interesting that you say that because that's immediately who came to my heart and my mind when you said, like, just love your little self and she will blossom. Um, there's been moments and moments recently, you know, where I'm, I'm not my belt, my, not my best self in my parenting journey. And I've seen like, it's almost like, you know, you're kind of going down this tunnel where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with my daughter in a less than loving way, you know, because whatever we're parents, it all happens. Right. And then it's like, it's a parallel tunnel of like, this is you talking to you, or this is how other people talk to you. And it's so interesting that you picked up on that because that's literally what I saw too was my daughter there. Yeah. And that's such beautiful awareness you have of that parallel and like knowing that, like, I, I feel that vibrating in your cells. Mm -hmm. There's so much power for you in continuing to come back to, to that, to that truth mm -hmm. that when you recognize you're not showing up the way that you want for your daughter, that it's a pause, it's a check-in, it's like show up for myself, then I can totally change the way I'm showing up for my daughter. And so almost having a practice where you start catching yourself in those moments and, and having something you do to really bring yourself back into that heart, into that little girl, hugging her, snuggling her. And then you just will automatically shift the way you're able to show up in your parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So we had started this call with the partner and, mm -hmm. um, you know, being in this box, the way it's presenting is that, yes, there is a partner close, yet he's waiting for this like 
this piece of you to heal. Because what can tend to happen in our relationships, and you probably know this, but that we call in our partners to heal parts of ourself. And if we have a really unconscious part of ourself, we can tend to look for a partner that's going to parent that child in us rather mm. than nurture the woman in us. Mm. So there's a little space in there that when you change this frequency that you have inside yourself, like you clear the shadow piece and you really are loving, there's an opening that happens that your partner can step into because now he's not going to be your dad or your mom. He's mm -hmm. going to be your lover. Mm -hmm. hmm. I felt that in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am reading you. So you're, you're mm -hmm. giving me the information. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We had talked a little bit before the call about blocks around money. Mm -hmm. And so would that feel good to kind of bring that into the conversation to see what we find? Yeah. And it's also interesting too, because I felt like for a while as well, where it was like, I got to get that stuff sorted in order to also welcome him in. Um, and not in the sense of like, I got to be perfect. It's just more of like, there's, a, there's an awareness around my lack of maturity um, in my finances that could also prevent me from being a vibrational match to the partner that I desire to be with. Yeah. And as you say that, what, what I'm tracking is that little girl is starting to have a temper tantrum. Mm. Like she doesn't want to look at the money. Mm -hmm. no, I don't want to go there. What are you talking about? Nope, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to sort of follow that to something from your childhood around the way your parents were with money, maybe some of your high school first jobs. Like what's, what's your experience with money from being young? Mm. Yeah, I never felt like I got what I wanted. <laughs> Like I'm just having this memory right now of this like Barbie limo that I was like at the toy store and my dad didn't want to buy it because it was too expensive. Always hearing, you know, like money doesn't grow on trees, that kind of mentality. And then when I did have my jobs, because I started working when I was like 16, I was very irresponsible with the money and I gave it away. Like I gave it for people to like me. And it's so interesting because I remember finding a yearbook, like, I don't know, last year and reading through the, the notes, you know, that people would write. And literally somebody wrote in my yearbook was like, you're off buying us pizza now. You should keep your money or something like that. Like, I don't know, something so weird, but it was like a, a thing for people to like me. Um, yeah. And I would just give it away. Like I would never hold it or like do something more productive with it. Well, there's a beautifulness in that, right? Like mm -hmm. the way that presents is it's like the shadow and the light side. And in the light side of that is just your generous heart. Mm -hmm. Like my goodness, the, you grew up not being able to have what you wanted because of money. So as soon as you get money, you give to others. 
Like there's mm-hmm. such a amazing quality in that of where love is money and abundance and caring and and yet the shadow side of that comes in when it was to buy love so mm-hmm. people would like you and so that mm-hmm. kind of opposing side of that mm-hmm. yeah hmm. that's a good observation and so i get the sense that to work through some of these belief systems around money is leaning into that that giving that light side that quality that you give and you share and it creates love like if you if you take out the idea of the buying love you were really creating love with the money that you made Ooh. you were a little misguided hmm. right in mm-hmm. your endeavor but the the heart the soul of what you were doing was creating love by creating money hmm. so interesting i just recently read this book um, on the topic of money and the author was discussing that too like you know the the abundance of money that she has it's like she gets to like hire a team and pay them a really good wage and like you know x y and z all these wonderful things that are just the expression of love because you know it's there it's available you know an offering or an invitation is that little girl who's kind of throwing the temper tantrum and once the the Barbie limo, <laughs> yeah, walk, I should go buy it. <laughs> I could almost like smell the toy store when you were telling me that memory. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, is go and be with her, mm. right? And love her and help her understand, like rewire her beliefs about money. Mm that it's not a scarce resource that yes, it doesn't grow on trees, but it doesn't need to because the universe just gives it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's used for good to like create more loves yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Well, Connect beautiful. her in with that part of you from high school that was out buying the pizza mm-hmm. where she can see that there's other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's beautiful. I can do that. <laughs> Is there anything else that's coming up or any more guidance on either of these? No, because I feel like it would be a heady question to be like, how do I do that? <laughs> and that's, I don't need the the how. I, I received the invitation of just connecting with her and creating that space for her to to feel nurtured and loved and also on the side of like reprogramming with the money like let her know that it is a gift and it's available and it's also okay to not get the barbie limo kind of thing like does that really matter in life and sure it may have mattered to you as a six or eight year old (laughs) but i'm okay now (laughs) i didn't die because i didn't get the barbie limo well, let me, let me offer something to you um, because mm-hmm. that's like adult rationaling or okay. rationalizing, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It, you, what the, it's a Barbie limo in the scope of things. It's not that big of a deal. But to your little girl, that really was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so that idea of being with her and validating her 
I know that was so hard, sweetheart. Like that hurt your heart and you didn't understand why your dad couldn't buy this car for you. You wanted it so much and I love you. And if I was there in that store with you, I would have given it to you. Mm. Like really validate that she, that it was hard for her. Okay. You know, and for me, what I do when I want to be with my little girl, especially when I was beginning um, out and, you know, forming that relationship with her was in meditation. I would just sit and I would envision her in my mind's eye. And then I would step into the image with her. And Mm. I would love her, hold her on my lap, stroke her hair. I'd ask her questions. I'd explain things to her, let her tell me things and just really be in this like sort of space with her where the rest of the world melts away. And it's just her and I, and we Mm -hmm. are bonding because children tend to, they observe everything Mm -hmm. and then they make it mean things. But Mm. usually what they're making things mean is not really accurate because their Mm -hmm. brains aren't developed enough. Their emotional capacity isn't developed enough to really understand what is happening. And so they make these big meanings of things. And so by sitting with her and navigating those emotions, navigating those misunderstandings, you are rewiring and reprogramming the parts of your brain that are still stuck in those old messages, those old meanings. Mm, That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good question. It wasn't a heady question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It it is like a tool, right? That we learn. And the Mm. more tools we have, the more we can grow and expand and reconnect in with ourselves. That's beautiful. I have a few pictures of myself when I was a kid around my house and um, I have one on my desk and I feel like I will connect with that. Um, picture later tonight yeah that's a beautiful practice I I have them as well I have some on my altar one on my desk (laughs) different Mm -hmm. places yeah yeah it's beautiful does this feel like an okay place to land today yeah thank you I really appreciate it you're so welcome thank you thank you Melissa I really enjoyed being with you and the rich content of this call. A big theme throughout this was relationships. And so I thought I would speak today about relationships and your intuition. And inner child, that little person that lives inside you, that has been such an important part of my healing journey and my getting to know myself, my intuition, having that just deeper, more significant and full relationship with myself revolves around how I relate to that younger version of me. Typically, when we are interacting in the world and things are not going smoothly or coming from a conscious place, then chances are it's our little kid that is present and showing up. And 
it's just this unconscious part of ourself that we haven't integrated, that we haven't brought into the light. And so when we get triggered, he or she gets activated and is showing up. And it's kind of like we're having a little fit in the playground. So the more we can nurture our little person, the more love we can give to that part of ourselves, and the more we can bring the unconscious meanings, patternings, experiences into our conscious awareness, we find that we have less moments that trigger us or get us all out of whack. (laughs) In my experience, as I began to have less things that were in my unconscious patterning, the more I could connect in with my intuition. Because when there's a lot of static and a lot of noise, we are just hearing that younger part of ourselves rather than being able to hear that deep inherent wisdom that lays beneath that. One of the big tools that I used and found incredibly valuable was this idea of reparenting our younger self. So we all come into this world as souls choosing the parents that we are born to. And we choose those parents specifically for life lessons and things that we want to learn. And yet we don't remember this. And then we can spend a lot of time blaming our parents for things that they did or didn't do. Yet they were doing the best they could with the skills they had, with the resources they had, the wisdom, the knowledge. Your parents loved you. End of sentence. I'm a mom and I love my kids no matter what. Does that mean I don't mess up and do things I wish I hadn't? Of course not. We're human and that's part of the experience. Yet when we can take some accountability for our own healing within the scope of what our parents were capable of giving us, then we take our power back. And yes, I recognize there are some people in the world that their experience with their parents was terrible. And those people have chosen a really big soul lesson, a really big journey on earth this time around. And I'm not in any way excusing what has happened to you. I love you and have so much compassion What I know is that the freedom comes when we decide to take the reins back, when we stop letting what happened to us in the past dictate our life headed into the future. Our mind is very, very powerful, and it always wants to take our past and create our future with it. However, when we start to break that cycle, when we start to unravel the stories that define us and create new stories, we start creating a new future for ourselves. And a big way we do that is by reparenting and nurturing that little child inside us the way that she wished that she or he had been parented. We can give that to ourselves through techniques and tools and talking, building a deep, deep relationship with that part of ourselves that still exists in our psyche. We can give ourselves all the love that we deserved and we can be with ourselves in every moment the way that our parents weren't capable of doing. And what's really cool is that we call in our romantic partners to help us heal those wounds, specifically our parent wounds. And 
we tend to choose either our mother or our father, and sometimes both. You know, in my relationship, I can see both of the parenting roles playing out. And what we can do when we look at that from a conscious perspective we can see that this is an opportunity to heal the wound that was left behind from our childhood. From a soul perspective, we actually set up these contracts prior to coming here to earth. And we make these agreements with certain people, with certain souls, that we are going to come here and we're going to play out these dramas and these stories together in order for us to expand and to grow and to learn to be in a deeper relationship with ourselves and with others. And yet we get here and we forget and then it becomes everybody's fault and we end up in these backwards and forwards where we're just playing out unconscious programming. So the more we can bring these wounds into our consciousness and heal them, the more peace and serenity we can find in our lives. Another relationship that came up with Melissa was our relationship to money and how conscious or unconscious that relationship is. I remember the first time that I was doing some money work and somebody said, well, give money a name. And I chose Rosie. And then it was looking at, well, what would Rosie think if you treated her the way that you treat money and this way that you avoid money, that you think it's scarce, all the things that I thought about money. Imagine if you treated a person like that, how would that relationship be? And it was really, really eye-opening for me seeing that we are actually in relationship to everything in our life. Nothing is separate from us. And if we can start to recognize that the way we are relating to our external environment, to the people, to the situations, to our work, to the places we go, that everything comes from us and is a relationship. And so the quality of that relationship is dependent on the quality of our being with ourself. And if we are in chaos or we're stressed, we have anxiety, we have such a hard time not doing and just being, then every relationship we have is going to mirror that state of being that exists inside us. So this amazing thing happens when we start to realize we are creating everything. And we can start to see how we are hijacking our relationships with money, with our work, with our friends, with our partners, with our kids. And we really take accountability and responsibility for how we're showing up. What level of coherence is happening inside our body? And how can we learn to bring that into more alignment, into more our center, and really start to weave more of spirit, weave more of our intuition, weave more of this sense of calmness, this trust, this really belief that we are supported always. When we can weave more of that into ourself, then every relationship changes. And how we do this, one of the tools is rewiring our brain. And 
It's having those conversations with parts of ourself. It's taking the negatives in making them positives, not in the sense of affirmations of like, I'm just saying something because I don't believe it, but really like declaring that what it is that you want, what it is that you're changing, really pausing in those high stress moments and just really coming back to your breath or rubbing your fingertips together. Something that takes you out of the pattern that your brain is used to being in and creating a new pattern that supports longevity, that supports stillness, calmness, breath, being with yourself, getting you out of the static, getting you out of the noise and into your body and into your spirit and your soul because that's where your intuition lives. That's where you're going to be able to hear the voices and the support that is always trying to catch your attention. It's when you're, you allow yourself to get out of that daily just chaos that is always bombarding us from the inside and the outside. Mm, such goodness in this topic. Thank you again, Melissa. And if anyone out there would love support around this topic and reparenting inner child intuition, I am here to support you. This is what I am in devotion to. And thank you for being here supporting this work. Namaste. Thanks so much for tuning in today and making your personal and spiritual growth a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could please leave a five-star review as it helps the show to grow and assist me on my mission of having intuition be a part of everybody's life. For more information on reconnecting with your heart and intuition, head on over to my website, www.themoderndayintuitive.com where you can listen to free meditations, sign up to be a guest on the podcast, learn how you can work with me in person, find links to my social media platforms, and much more. And a big thank you from my heart to yours for making the planet a better place by having the courage to look inward to develop your intuition. <laughs>